All right, good morning. We're going to get started here, uh, 1030 right on the dime. Thanks for coming out um, to uh, kind of listen to the presentations this morning. So my name is uh, Scott Krebs I'm with Orbis Corporation, uh, Director of Marketing uh, for our company. Uh, you'll see Bob Peterson, our VP, uh, was on the screen for the presentation. He is actually home sick, and we're probably happy that he didn't come here being sick. So um, I'm going to talk to you guys about leveraging reusable packaging materials for a, um, for a sustainable supply chain, specifically talking about the materials themselves um, that's used in the packaging itself. So first of all, um, why are packaging materials important? Um, Really, people are looking at the three R's within sustainability. Um, it's to reduce your footprint within the supply chain, um, to have less of an impact within the supply chain, to be as efficient as possible, um, to be able to reuse that packaging. That's very important and make sure that it is in good working order. It's there when you need it um, and you're reducing any waste within your system. That's very important from a reusability standpoint. You hear a lot in the public about um, one-way type packaging, especially on the plastic side. And then also recycle. So at the end of the day, packaging does have a life cycle to it. You wanna be able to make sure that you have a supply chain that supports that and that can capture that within the supply chain and recycle it and bring it back into the supply chain in different forms of packaging itself. So there's many sources um, when it comes to packaging material that are out there. Uh, probably more than people understand and more than people can necessarily use. Um, every day there are CPG companies that are looking for industries that can take their waste or their one-way plastic packaging and put it back into the supply chain. So there's a lot of different choices that are out there and educating yourself or connecting to companies or organizations um, to be able to help you do that is very important. So I'm gonna to talk to you about three different streams of materials uh, from a supply chain standpoint. The first one is recovered post-consumer and post-industrial plastics. So think of water bottles, right? That's a form of that. Um, even packaging itself within the supply chain is another form of that that would be more on the industrial side of recyclability. Another one is rec recovered plastic at risk of entering into the oceans. You've heard ocean-bound plastics um, out there um, it's really streams of plastic that don't have a home today, that don't have a marketplace, um, that nobody really knows what to do. So what happens is it's at a higher risk of getting into landfills and then eventually getting into waste streams and ultimately getting into the ocean. That's, that's if you've heard about ocean-bound plastics, that's really what that, that stream is. It isn't that the plastic is already in the ocean, but that it has a high risk of getting into our ocean or waterways um, due to that there isn't a, a, a demand for that product. And the last one is recovered metal scrap. Um, probably as an industry for North America, this one has probably done the best. Uh, started off with you know, soda aluminum cans. Um, there's a lot of metal scrap that is taken and uh, brought back from a recyclability standpoint. So one thing um, that the industry is kind of looking at is new packaging with the ocean in mind. So instead of ocean-bound plastics, we're kind of talking about ocean in mind. Um, so Plastic at risk of entering into the oceans. Um, so what happens is uh, you can work with suppliers out in the industry that will be able to tap into those products. Um, we've actually had some success. We've tapped into supply chains even across um, continents that are be able to take that waste stream. Um, they then reprocess it, repelletize it. Sometimes you have to condition it. Sometimes you have to put additives into it. So it's not just as simple as 
somebody setting up a, a grinder and being able to grind different plastics that are out there, there's there's a little bit of science to it, and you might have to put some additives back into it to make sure that it's in it, the properties are what you need to use for them, and then repurpose it. Um, we've had a lot of good success, and the industry's had a lot of good success on uh, thicker walled parts tend to be less sensitive when you're processing the plastic and you have a higher probability of using more recycled content. So it also depends on the design of the product that you're trying to put the recycled content into it. Um, so it isn't, it isn't just a one-way one -way solution from a sustainability standpoint. Um, this is getting a lot of press. Um, there's a lot of different companies looking at it. The streams are a little bit more expensive right now because the supply chain's not built up around it. Um, that will eventually gain economies of scale but there are a lot of CPG companies, retail companies, um, that are looking into this because it does connect to their cu customer base um, and customers are looking for companies to be more sustainable. So it's a great initiative. Um, it's kind of at the beginning uh, front of that. So how packaging materials impact the supply chain? Um, so these are the things you have to be careful with. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that are, you know, they're jumping on the recyclability standpoint. Um, there's companies that have been doing it for a long time. Orbis has been doing this for probably 20 plus years. Uh, you want to make sure that you're partnering with a company because there are some things you have to think about and risks that you have out there. The packaging service life. You have to make sure that um, companies are doing testing of their packaging. The more recycled content you put into something, sometimes you can have some trade-offs from a performance standpoint. So there is a little bit of science to that and making sure that you're getting good performance out of your packaging. Packaging reliability and also risk mitigation. So the supply chains around recyclability are important. Um, you're gonna find out, especially in the plastics industry, there's a lot of regional players that are out there. You're not gonna necessarily find one large company um, that, that is doing this. So you do need organizations and support mechanisms where you're gonna have uh, companies coming together in the best interest of recycling that material and getting it to the supply chain. So there are some definitely risks out there. Partner with companies um, that you can trust and that have a track record of doing this and also do a lot of testing around it. Orbis actually does, um, we do a lot of material testing and property uh, testing within our products as well too. So make sure that you're partnering with somebody uh, similar within the industry. Um, next is trends in material recovery and, and reprocessing. So recovery, um, Buyback programs are very important. Uh, we talk about it with our customers. Um, if you guys have packaging within your systems, either the supplier that sold you that packaging, um, somebody should be interested in recovering that. Um, you should, if, if they're selling it to you, they kind of have a responsibility to at least do it themselves or get you connected with somebody within the supply chain um, to make sure that you have that partner to be able to do that. Partner with uh, consumer companies to recycle their scrap. Again, there's a lot of CPG companies out there that are looking for sources uh, to be able to, to send their plastic to. And then partnering with companies throughout the supply chain um, to make sure that it's a very secular um, economy going through. Processing technology um, for more accurate processing. Uh, again, there's a lot of science to plastics. There's a lot of science to metal and making sure that you got the right uh, streams going through there. And then better cleaning technology as well. Um, so when you know, there's a lot of orders, depending on some post-consumer products, um, you want to make sure that you're getting a clean stream and that it's conditioned. And again, sometimes you might need to put some additives back into that plastic, depending on how many types it's been, how many times it's been cycled. So again, it's not as simple as just taking a water bottle, grinding it up, and then put it into something else. You want to make sure that you're watching your molecular structures of that plastic to make sure that it, it is uh, sustaining its performance. And if not, you can add um, items to it to get it back up to uh, 
to proper quality. So next, a uh, couple different considerations when it comes to reusable packaging. Um, how much sorting and separation is needed, because that can add cost uh, to your system. What you'll find out a lot of times with recyclable uh, companies, they are regional in nature because you want to stay close to your customers where the packaging is. You want to get it down into the smallest footprint to be able to transport it to your supply chain back to somebody that can convert it. So you will get usually regional recyclers, people that can knock down that material, grind it down into a smaller, uh, smaller footprint, and then you can ship it very efficiently back into uh, companies that can, that can uh, consume it. Understand the stream. So I was talking to you guys about ocean bound material or the ocean and mine type brands that are out there. Um, that is a stream that is a little bit new. Um, so you do have to do a lot of legwork um, and find out who are the companies that are out there. A lot of times they're startups or newer companies that haven't been around a long time and you gotta make sure that you're supporting those companies, you're partnering with them, and that you are helping and pushing your, your quality system back through the supply chain. So if you have a startup, the best way to continue to push recyclables in the industry is to take your expertise from your company and kind of help the supply chain. Don't just put it necessarily on a startup or somebody that's out there trying to do the right thing for your environment. Use your resources and your networks to be able to help them. Um, and then obviously make sure that you're not just, you know, dealing with one company, but that you have multiple companies so you can kind of spread out your risk. That's where we've been seeing a lot of success, but there's a lot, of, lot, lot more work to be done on that end. The proximity to recycling operations, I kind of covered that. Um, you need to make sure if you think there's going to be this one big you know, facility within North America and everybody's going to go there to recycle it, you're going to fall down uh, from, a, from a cost standpoint. You got to make sure that you have a regional network that you can tap into um, and you can be more um, efficient as you're transporting your recycling material back and forth. Product testing is very important. There's a lot of different industries represented here today. Um, there's a lot of organizations that have industry standard testing that's out there. Um, it doesn't change. So if you're gonna use recycling content in your packaging, you wanna make sure that you're still following your testing protocols on the performance of the test itself. Colorant issues. Probably one of the, if there's one thing you could take away from today, and I'm just gonna talk on the plastic side of things is, as an industry, we use a lot of color. We use a lot of color um, because we aren't um, necessarily helping ourselves with supply chain uh, movements of our products through our, through our systems. We use a lot of color to try to differentiate our packaging. I can tell you from, from, um, from history, I've been in the industry for about 25 years, you can go into a lot of different supply chains, a lot of different cross docks, and people that start using colors, um, at some point in time, you're gonna start seeing colors all mixing in because at the end of the day, if a person needs to get packaging from one place to the next and they don't have their specific item, they're gonna grab another item and ship it. So the colors a lot of times don't work and what, you're, what we're doing to the industry is we're forcing ourselves to use virgin materials. It prohibits you from using recycled materials. So there's a lot of different ideas out there. There's a lot of um, tracking type companies that are out there. Um, there's RFID, there's Bluetooth technologies. I mean, you can BART scan different items. Other things that are out there, there's companies out there, service entity companies, Orbis does it, and there's many different companies here. Um, what you really wanna do is get, a, get an organization that can help you get that returnable packaging back through your supply chain, keep it in good working order, and basically have the packaging when you need it. Um, you can do that without necessarily differentiating it from a color standpoint. So that's one thing. If there's one thing to take away from, if you want to increase recycle content in your packaging, 
and you want to increase and lower your footprint with the environment, challenge your organization to try to get away from colors and look at a different way to be able to get your returnable packaging back through the supply chain. How will it be supplied? Again, work with the network. Don't just throw it over the wall. Uh, be part of your supply chain. Ask questions. If you don't have that core competency, find a company that does and work with them. Um, but this is a, this is a industry-wide um, issue that we need to kind of continue to work on. It's not one company's responsibility. There are companies that have processes out there. Um, I would call it, you know, complete the loop. We are all here to, we're all supply chain experts in different fashions of that. Um, but complete the loop means a couple things. Really, one, find a company that has a proven process. This is an example of that. Um, when you're looking at your supply chain, you wanna have a standardized process that you can come back and have repeatable success. So in this one is an example, it's analyze that supply chain, prove out whatever, uh, whatever issues you have. Um, the, you might need a design solution, you might have a solution right off, right off the shelf. Um, implements it, and this is where a lot of times things stop. Um, okay, I did my project, I'm moving on, I got a matrix organization, I'm gonna move on to a new project. It's very, very important. Companies that are, that are successful, I've seen it year over year, are the companies that come back and they evolve. Everybody's supply chain is different, right? I don't know how many years of service we have here sitting in the, uh, in the audience, but I will guarantee you that if you look at your company uh, a couple years ago, even five years ago, it's probably dramatically different. So things will continue to evolve and companies that watch that and listen to their customers and look at their supply chain are the ones that are gonna be around the longest um, because they're, they're able to adapt and evolve. So very important to find a company and in yourselves, in your own company, have a standardized process that you can continue to follow. So make sure you're completing that loop within that supply chain. And the last thing I'm gonna leave you guys with are just some statistics that are out there. And most of you guys have kind of seen these, but I think it's, it's good to just hear these one more time and some things that are happening and, thing, and our customers um, are saying in the marketplace, which is very important because our companies need to adjust. Nine out of 10 consumers expect business to do more than just turn a profit. Two thirds of customers are willing to pay more for sustainable products. That's a challenge for all of us sitting here, right? What that means is, that means that, you know, there's some, some property erosion going on there, um, but how do we do this? How do we do it efficiently? And how do we drive costs out of it? Um, those are the key success factors that I see. 88% of customers who would stop buying a product if they learned of irresponsible business practices, okay? More than three-fourths of consumers expect businesses be supporting efforts to stop climate change. That's where you guys are hearing the ocean-bound materials, you're hearing the streams, you're seeing the pictures of plastic and, and different trash in the oceans. Business to the rescue of, millenn of millennials hope businesses will take the lead on addressing key social and environmental issues. I can tell you the stream of, of uh, very bright talent um, that is coming out of the universities today, coming out of the trade schools, high schools, you know, we're hiring a lot of different people, you're probably hiring different people. Um, that's one of the key things that, that people are looking for when they're getting jobs, is they're looking for companies that have an eye towards that and they're doing something about that. And they and, and it's very important to do that. So I'll, uh, I'll stop and, and kind of address any questions, but really wanted you guys to get a little overview of 
kind of all of our, uh, imp the importance of uh, recyclability and supply chain sustainability um, and uh, uh, some of the things that are out there and some of the trends that are out there. So this time I'll take any questions from anybody uh, from the audience. Early in the morning, everybody had their coffee. So Matt had a good question. So he, Matt works with our company in, in a different form and we already had, I guess, have a loop um, for being able to capture materials from a, from a, from a supply chain standpoint. Um, his question specifically is within the United States, are there other, you know, either our facilities, other facilities that do that? Um, the answer is yes. We have multiple facilities. Um, we have a, and other companies here, it's not just an Orbis uh, commercial here, but um, a lot of the packaging companies that are here are connected to the similar um, regional um, companies that can recycle the content. So you might be shipping into what we would call a tool grinder, which would actually grind up the material. Then they then they get into a much denser uh, form, and then that would ship into our organization or to one of our partner organizations within uh, within the supply chain as well too. So yes, there's multiple different locations, um, and if we don't have one specifically, we're close. There is, an there is an industry made up that, that is valuable and you, and you should be able to find somebody locally. So if, if anybody has any questions around that network or is there somebody close to them or you're struggling and you see any type of returnable packaging getting into the waste stream, call the original manufacturer of that packaging and they should be able to help you or you know, call companies like Orbis and, and we can get you guys in contact with entities like that. There should be no reason that you shouldn't be able to find, find somebody close. Yeah, so the, the question from the audience was around um, kind of coming from a very highly regulated uh, type of an industry, the pharmaceutical industry, into more of a generalistic packaging industry. Is there regulations, are there things out there to kind of help to push this and also create standards around that? Um, from, our, from my experience, um, I do a lot of business on the automotive side, industrial side of things. Um, we do have a, associations that kind of watch the performance within the supply chain, so there are different ones out there. I can't speak to every type of industry, but I think that's why we're talking about this, is to get more and more companies involved, and in in how that is gonna improve itself is by um, companies that are gonna be buying the packaging, kind of demanding that and asking for that, and, and getting together and, and working together, because it, it, it's really, um, it's, an, it's a supply chain, it's, an, it's, it's all of our responsibilities, it's not just a, and it can be a competitive advantage if you do it right. Um, but there's, I guess, to answer your question specifically, um, that's why this organization is kind of here as well, is to kind of connect companies and to get people to uh, start talking about those standards and make sure that, that they're there. Good question.
Sure. So the question was around um, if you really try to push it to its limits and try to get packaging really sustainable, and maybe even to a point that um, you can put it back into the environment. Um, there are there are a bunch of challenges there with that type of stream of packaging. Um, you'll see it like in different utensils and different things. So that the properties of the plastic has to do what it has to do. Otherwise, it, it doesn't work. Um, but it is. It's. I, and I'm not going to stand up here and say that I'm a, a chemical scientist on the plastic side. Uh, but I know enough that there are there's different streams of plastics, and there are some additives. That is an important point. Um, 10, 15 years ago, people would buy the packaging, and they're like, okay, what is it? And you get maybe a material uh, material uh, uh, MSDS sheet on it to understand what it is. Um, you do need to, and, and the companies have responsibility. We have a, a responsibility as a manufacturer to make sure that we are having materials and additives that work within the supply chain, but there's also a responsibility to make sure that it is recyclable. Um, so there's diff there's different fire issues that are out there. People are putting, putting additives into their materials. Um, we'll work with customers that maybe if they specifically need that, we look at it as a responsibility that then, okay, now we're gonna create a loop then that we can capture that back. Maybe I can't recycle that and send it to your customer, but I need to then have a recyclable program with that existing customer. And as their packaging is consumed, I'm then gonna take that stream and I'm gonna put it back into their product. So there is um, the, the, I'm not giving you the, the true answer that you're looking for, then um, you want to be asking questions about the content of the material if the, and um, ask about the level of recyclability um, that that material has and if there's any uniquenesses to the requirements that you have. Then as a customer, there's a little bit of responsibility in sense saying, I just, I want that. Be flexible a little bit and saying, okay, help me. If this could be more recyclable, what would I, you know, what are the things that I need to trade off? And sometimes they're not that bad, but we have run into a lot of different customers that they're very, they're like, I just want that, I don't want to change, and not changing is not good for the system because then when you when you paint really tight lines, other companies like ourselves can't be flexible and give better solutions to the marketplace. So sorry I didn't get into more of the specifics, but other questions? So his question was uh, around the different forms of uh, materials. Is there something that's maybe more sustainable? He referenced uh, paper-based products, plastic-based products. There's, you can have metal-based products on there. Um, they all have their pluses and their minuses. Um, and really what it comes down to is it's going to be, again, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do in the supply chain, you can be the best you know, sustainable material that's out there. So my answer is a little bit on it depends on the application. I know you don't want to hear that. You want to hear what is the best. Um, obviously, paper products, I would probably say, are you know, some of the easier ones that, that you can kind of turn through. Um, plastics, probably maybe second, takes a little bit more energy on the plastic side of things, and probably metal a little bit even more energy from that standpoint. Um, so I'd say you know, paper forms probably have the most history from a recyclability standpoint. Probably then it goes to maybe more of the metals, and then plastics would be probably third. Um, but again, it does come down to what do you need it to do, first of all, what do you need that packaging to do, and then how do I make sure that it, that's as recyclable and sustainable as possible. And again, 
if you have a really good loop, so not only in using the packaging, making sure the packaging is getting back to where you need it to get to is very important, but then having that loop like Matt brought up, making sure as a company you're asking that additional question and say, okay, this is great, but in maybe four, five, eight, 10, 12 years, whatever, as long as the packaging lasts, you want to be thinking about the end of life to be able to bring it back through. So sorry, I didn't, there, there's no silver bullet, it depends on the application. Any last questions? Otherwise, appreciate you guys' time and hope you guys have a good